Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. So Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple of moments here to settle our thoughts and our emotions and our attention inward to our spirit and to what the Lord is doing in our lives, giving him our attention and our time and our appreciation. So we thank you, Lord, for drawing us for giving us a a hunger and a thirst for you, to know you, and to not settle for less than everything you have for us. That we've barely touched on the relationship that you want us to have with you and with one another and even within ourselves. Lord, we accept that we don't have all the answers and that we're coming to you for more, for more insight and understanding, but that those answers won't satisfy us. Only you will satisfy us, Lord. But in that process, we were willing to lay aside what we thought we knew. As long as it leads us into a greater relationship with you. We look forward to ever more healing, ever more joy, ever more experience and knowledge of you in whatever form that takes for each one of us individually. We thank you that you not only made the way, but you are the way for us to know you completely and entirely, spirit, soul, and body. That this is your idea, and all we have to do is go along with you. Again, we thank you that we can trust you, and we do. We trust you. Thank you, Lord. So we've been talking about, specifically, how we know the Lord at night and how valuable that that time is. And I'm not wanting to make it that it's magic. But we all have this tendency to want to do things faster, First, we have the idea that we're somehow behind, that that whatever happened in our lives interrupted what God had for us, or that we missed him, or whatever, and we need to catch up. <clears throat> well, without, <clears throat> without getting too far into that, just the whole idea of there are things we can do 
to take full advantage. There are times and things in our lives that are a more direct connection between us and the things of God. And taking advantage of the night seasons is one of those things. Others are different kinds of fasting and those kinds of things. Um, And that thing is just very uh, multidimensional. But we start with the things, getting used to things in the night seasons just because it is something we can all participate in. We all we all get a night and a day. You have a night season and a day season. Even if your night season comes during the day, if you work third shift or something, it's still there's a time where you would normally sleep. And in a sense, you're interrupting that sleep in one way or another that valuable time, and sacrificing that sleep to know God. So there's the connection of the nut, what's going on at the night seasons and fasting, because you're fasting from sleep. Now, this is not a matter of God playing tit for tat, that if you do this, I'll do that, regardless God is drawing you because he is working through your spirit. And your spirit is already one with his spirit. It's, again, our soul is the problem, not our spirit, not who we are, and not our relationship with God. You're already 100% one with him, in your spirit. So that's not the problem. Our problem is our soul. Our soul's relationship with our spirit, who we are, our spirit. Again, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body for your time here on this earth. When you were born again, God re-energized, re-gave you your spirit. He returned your spirit to you. And that spirit is one, was birthed by God's spirit. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And there's no less character God character in our spirit than in God's spirit. We can't be one with God and not have his absolute, holy, powerful, loving spirit. Every characteristic about God's spirit is true about the characteristic of our spirit. So God's spirit is holy. Your spirit is holy. 
God's spirit is eternal, your spirit is eternal. God's spirit is all-powerful. Your spirit is all-powerful. So then, why do we struggle? It's our soul. So what we're working on here on this earth is that relationship between our soul and our spirit. Your soul has gotten used to doing things its own way. It's developed some really bad, bad, bad habits. Regardless of whether you're a mass murderer or you just lie on your taxes. Those are really, really bad habits. And those habits are not to infringe on what God wants to do in our lives or in this world or even have anything to do with God. It's your soul without your spirit was left on its own to get its God-given needs met. Your soul has God-given needs. God gave your soul those needs to be met by your spirit, which is connected to his spirit. So the original creation had your needs met, shall we say naturally, or creatively from spirit to soul to body. All of your soul's needs for love, acceptance, value, security, encouragement, whatever your soul has ever needed, those needs were intended to be met and were met by spirit, your spirit, that was connected to God's spirit. And connection is a hard word because it's hard to, to say the level of oneness that our spirit enjoys with God's spirit. Think about God's presence. God himself engulfs all of creation. There's no part of God's creation, the universe, the earth, you. There's nothing that is not under his control. He is he is everywhere. He controls everything. He created everything. He created time. So we are all part of that if we're on this earth. If you if you are in existence, if you're listening to me and you're uh, some kind of a person, you are in God's creation and you have a relationship with God. But it's a very limited relationship. In that same way, when God re give re sparks our spirit we know god 
on a whole different level, spirit to spirit. Instead of just our body knowing God and our soul knowing God, our spirit is one with God. So rather than just, because again, it doesn't really matter whether you're a Christian or not. If you're on this earth, you know God. You know him whether you know it or not, whether you think you're an atheist or not. Your soul still has needs, whether you acknowledge them or not. Now, our spirit is reflective of God's nature. God's nature is love. And that love is expressed by giving. Likewise, you and I, our nature, our spiritual nature is love. And we express that nature through giving. Now, how that works, what that looks like for each one of us is likely going to be different from one another and will change over time. Because God's purpose for each one of us individually is to reunite our spirit and soul. It is not to change the world. Jesus already did that. What's important for God, his purpose, is you. All this other stuff, he doesn't need your help. He may want your help. He may say, he may make you an assignment to be involved in what he's doing here or here or here. But it's for the purpose of restoring your soul to your spirit. And we've talked in other programs before, and I'm sure we'll address it again, how, what, what happens in our soul as part of the process. Our wounds are revealed and healed, and God does this. He reveals our flesh and changes us. He shows us the strengths and weaknesses of our temperaments, not so that we will change them, but so that we will not rely on them and we'll be able to discern between our soul and our spirit that we are not our strengths of our soul. We're not, you know, just because society values something about our, our soul or even our body, that doesn't is not a reflection of God's absolute unconditional acceptance. But through that process of what he is doing in our soul, we learn appreciation and value of God. Because we cannot, you cannot change your soul. You cannot reunite your soul and spirit. Only God can through your spirit. Your spirit is drawing your soul. Your soul is resisting. The only thing we can do is give God our time and attention 
and go along for the ride. He will he's showing us areas where we are resisting him, where we are relying on our own strengths, where we are deliberately hindering him. Those are things that he puts his finger on because part of our, our challenge is learning to stop living as a solical being and start living as a spirit being. And that comes as a, as a reflection of the process of being changed from a soulical being into a spirit being. Now, the spirit part is done. If you've been born again, if you've um, gone through the process of co-crucifixion and co-resurrection with, with Christ and your sins were forgiven, everybody's sins were forgiven, but we also rose with him, that's when your spirit is returned to you. When, you. when you recognize and accept and just say, thanks, Lord, he restores your spirit to you. And that's something he does on his own. But now comes the hard part. It's, and the learning process is learning to live as a spirit being while God is working on restoring our soul. So while he's, again, revealing the wounds and healing them, re- revealing our flesh and removing it, the, whatever he needs to do on an individual basis to restore our particular soul to our particular spirit, we can focus on learning to live as a spirit being. The lowest level of spirit being is what Jesus was doing while he was walking here on this earth. And it's the lowest because he was the only spirit being on this earth that was in human form. And he said, greater things shall you do because I go to my father. We haven't embraced the lifestyle of being the least of what he was here on this earth. So we can focus on what would it look like if we were a spirit being. Not to pretend, but to be encouraged and excited. And this is why we've been talking about our solical senses and our natural senses and why as we wait on God our senses are quickened they are returned to their original state in Adam he never Adam and Eve in the garden never had to strain to hear God they never had to wonder what he was thinking of them. They never needed additional instructions from him. They never wondered if what he, what he was saying, if they were on the right track. He, 
He was very clear about his instructions, and they understood it clearly. And they also knew each other very well because it was by the Spirit. They did not know each other after their soul. They did not know each other after their body. They knew each other by their spirit. They knew God by their spirit. They communed with him. They were one with him, spirit to spirit. When they died, they died in their spirit. God took their spirit from them because of their disobedience. Now, God had, of course, an an ulterior motive because they lacked something. They could not appreciate God. They could not appreciate the love he had for them because it was always there. They took him for granted. God didn't hold it against them. But this has been the process we've all shared as as the uh, begotten of Adam and Eve, of the process of this is where we're not just returning to where Adam and Eve started, but we are a new creation. Because you and I can not only know one another after the Spirit and know God after the Spirit, but we can appreciate and value and just say thanks to who God is and let God be the God knowing fully well what we get from the relationship with God, what his eternal life really is, because we've been without it. We don't value what costs us nothing. You know, you ever wonder, well, God, if you're there, why don't you, why do you make it so hard? Why is Christianity so hard? We can't even agree on what Christianity is, how to have church, how to minister, how to please God. We, you know, church, there's how many hundreds of different denominations in, a, in any country. There are, you know, so many different beliefs and all, all under the, the title of Christianity. How come? If it was supposed to be easy, why didn't Jesus just write a book and say, here's five steps. This is how to do it, and here's your magic stone. You know, when you have a problem, just pray and rub the stone and and poof, the problem's gone. Why didn't he make it easy? Because if it was easy, we wouldn't have to have our soul changed. We wouldn't, it's the process that we each go through as an individual that brings our a value to that relationship with God. All we had to do was rub a magic stone. You know, have a prayer and have a rub a magic stone and okay, now God has to do what I say because I tithed, because I went to church, because somebody prayed for me. Now I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Now God has to do his part. Well, that's not relationship. God is not obligated to do anything that he doesn't want to do. 
And what he wants to do is what's best for us. And most of the time we don't know what that is. We want to do what's easy. And this is, again, where our soul needs to be transformed and reunited with our spirit. So again, we come back to the value of the night seasons. We've been talking about how there's two different ways. Yeah, again, if you kind of want to embrace, I want to know God, and you're doing things during the day, there's things you can do at night. You can make yourself available if he wants to come and visit you, but then you can also make yourself available by getting up. First by being ready in case he comes, but also by you deliberately making time for him during that special time. Now, as we talk about this, we've talked a little bit about this, remembering that if this time of our each day of our 24-hour cycle is valuable to God that we can do, that we can have a greater opportunity to know him during the night season, it's also going to make us a greater target for our enemies. And our enemies there again are the demonic you know, the supernatural beings, critters. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, over time as God reveals what those really are, the different kinds of forms. I think there's a lot more complexity and yet a simplicity. They are God's tools. We should be thankful for the, the demonic attacks and the supernatural critters that God uses because they are tools that he uses to reveal areas in our soul where we are not depending on God, where we still have a wound, where we're still trying to rely on our own strength. But also uh, the world system, where we're looking to man to uh, give us the approval that we're heading in the right direction or that you know we're, we're acceptable because of what we've accomplished or how we look or what um, class we belong to or our house or whatever. Um, There's different areas. Those are all enemies that will start becoming, that are even more prevalent during the night than they are during the day. What we struggle with, where our heart is, becomes much more evident as we pursue knowing God on his terms. So we may be thinking again, oh, you know, if we seek God and we have these experiences with him, things will only get better. Well, a lot of times they'll get worse because he's revealing what's really there. Not to hurt us, but to show what he's changing in us. This is his idea. This is God's idea to change you, to to reunite your soul and your spirit so you can become one, so you can 
receive unconditionally what he wants to give through your spirit unconditionally. And that's eternal life. Now what that looks like, again, is going to be different for each one of us. But, hey, let's find out. And it is. It's going to be a process that each one of us has to go through and accept that we're going to be able to share our experiences. But if somebody, some have this kind of an experience and others don't have that kind of an experience, it means nothing. It means nothing. And as we spend time with God and he opens our ears and our eyes and our other senses, we can encourage one another without either being puffed up or being critical. Now, being critical is different than being judgmental. Part of our our challenge will be God wants us to develop good judgment, to be able to be objective evaluators of is this process, is this thing I'm experiencing from God or is it a... uh, substitute is this my flesh is this and this is where depending on the lord we always come back to having the confidence that you are hearing clearly from the lord and a lot of times the only way you're going to know is what you thought you heard fails or falls or just falls by the wayside in other words it's part of the process so we didn't get as far as I would have liked, but go ahead and spend some some time thinking about how you want to spend your evenings. If you're going to set aside, start setting aside time with God at night, do so deliberately. And we'll pick it up there. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.